You know who this is. Welcome to the Pure Individual Podcast. On today's episode of the Pure Individual Podcast, we have Dr. Lilith Butler. Welcome, Lilith. Thank you. Happy to be here. It's good to have you. There's quite a few topics that we had spoken about Mm -hmm. at the conference that we wanted to go over. Really want to see where, of course, see where things go when there's two receptive beings, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like we have much of an agenda. I definitely want to know more about. how you feel as an emotional projector when it comes to relationships, when it comes to nine centered relationships. I know that was something that we talked about on the emotional projector panel, Mm -hmm. something that you and I had talked about expanding on. So I wanted to think, start there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start there. Is there a specific area you want to get rolling on? Think let's let's get rolling on emotional communication. <laughs> okay, okay. In terms of what it what it's like to be an emotional being and communicate. Yeah, like like what it's you know because you and I we both know what it's like. Yeah. I don't I don't think I I don't think I've ever actually talked about what it's like to communicate with another emotional being. Mm, okay, so two emotional beings communicating with each other. Yeah. Well, I know in our in our communication and the communication with most people in my life, it's very the the solar plexus drives the timing. It mm-hmm. drives. I mean, it drives everything, right? And yeah. so sometimes, like you and I, will go days without responding to each other's messages, and it's yeah. just it's yeah. you know, there's an understanding yeah. that when the time is right, we'll connect, and there's a deep trust in that, and. Um, I find that it's important to me to have relationships where that timing is honored because when I don't have, when I don't have the space to reply in the timing that's right for me, then, I mean, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. (laughs) I need to be in the right space, have the right amount of energy to, especially as a projector, because, you know, we have like really and get really focused even through telecommunication and so to really like lock in and communicate with another person takes energy and focus and that needs to be available to me for me to give it to another person yeah definitely it's It's something that's misunderstood and understated, the amount of energy that it takes as a projector to put your focused aura into somebody, onto somebody, whether that's in aura or whether that's you know, through, a, through a digital platform. It takes energy, it takes a lot of energy. And for me, as an emotional projector, and you're actually one of the 
the best examples that I've ever had in my life of emotional communication Mm -hmm. in that yeah it's it's yeah there's there's never an expectation when there's never an expectation for the emotional being to first off respond especially when we're not generators right and then there's never an expectation of you know being on somebody else's time when the way that we operate everybody has to be on our time that's the way that it is mm-hmm. we have to be in our in our own time frequency it opens up for me it opens up a a way of community you know a way of, of communing instead of communicating you know instead of it yeah. you know just being and this isn't to say that it, you know back and forth is wrong or anything like that. I mean, there's there's times when when that does happen, but when you are processing something, you're in a low, or you know you're you're going through a deep process. It's like you need that time and that space and that distance, uh, especially if there's something intense that comes up for the other person or they're they're running through something. Mm-hmm. Both parties need that, and then both parties can come back to and express themselves right and then when each party has each being has the bandwidth for that then there can really be a coming together i think that's that's it's really beautiful and i think it is it's something that could really only be understood between two emotional beings in a sense Yeah, I think I think that specifically is something that could really only be understood on between two emotional beings because the time and the distance and the expectation is so different because the time frequencies are are different, you know, even between the emotional beings, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, Raw talks about how there's no deeper intimacy than being on somebody's emotional time, essentially. Like if you can be on somebody's emotional time, mm-hmm. there's no deeper intimacy than being okay with somebody's emotional time. Uh, because that's saying that you're willing to wait for that person. You're, you're ready to wait for that person's clarity, that person's communication, their bandwidth, you know, where they're at, their energy. And so it's a, it's something that is definitely abnormal, but being correct is abnormal in, in and of itself. But it's something that has a, a beauty to it that I think is not only understated, but I don't think it's experienced by very many people. And I think that that's just where we're at in design, you know, as, as a, as a population, you know, in in awareness of, of the emotional system and and being correct emotional beings, but it's, it's different. It's definitely different. And there is a trust and a respect that's there. I know for me, like the trust and respect, it, it feels so good to, It feels so good to, to, to say something, know that it's read, and know that that person's getting back to me when it's correct for them. 
Yeah. Yeah. Th those were the pieces that I wanted to bring into is the, the trust and respect. I noticed when, like, I feel a deep amount of respect from other people when they're honoring my emotional time. Um, and I also feel so much respect for other emotional beings when they're taking their time. And also, um, the, the intimacy piece is really important because when our time, our timing is honored, then we can show up very intimately. We can show up so fully as ourselves with all, you know, the resources. Mm -hmm. And when we're not honoring that time or we're, you know, rushed or forced to communicate when it's not right for us, then that all gets, it gets missed or diminished mm -hmm. or, you know, you just get kind of a fraction of it. Yeah. 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 The waiting definitely, it gives space for the full expression. And if mm -hmm. we think about like our waves, right? It's, I mean, you know, I'll be, I'll be too melancholic. Like I won't say, you know, I'll be like, I'm melancholic. I'm not going <laughs> to. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm not like, when I'm not too melancholic, then, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to you know, use my voice particularly. Yeah. Well, there's also a piece to where it, it takes us time to process what the other person is presenting to us. And so if we speak too soon, then we don't, we don't have access to all the information that our solar plexus is processing. So the response is have asked, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not even the fullness of what is really true for us, which as emotional beings, it's so essentially <laughs> essential and important to us is the truth yeah the tr yeah nothing nothing is more at the at the end at the end of the day that's what the solar plexus is about is is, is the truth right it's about mm -hmm. the spirit and yeah in the moment you know it's, it's not that the in that moment we don't have any data or any you know yeah as we do yeah there's something we, to say <laughs> but we don't have the we don't have the full you know it's 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 it reminds me when Ross says, yeah, you know, my, I, my spleen has depth. He you know, talks about his spleen has depth, but it's one book and the solar plexus is a whole library. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's at a, at a processing level, at a level of understanding the other. And then again, the solar plexus is not a solo system. It's about the other. It's, it's not, it's not a survival system. So it really is about processing whatever that is. I know that for me, as somebody that's, that's purely acoustic, I can listen to something one day and then I'll listen to it another mm -hmm. day and it's, and I, I pick up more or it sounds mm -hmm. different and depending on where I'm at in my wave. And so sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll listen to, you know, if it's a voice message, for instance, I'll, I'll listen to it that day and then I'll listen to it the next day. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Especially with all my deafness and you have deafness too. It's like, sometimes yeah. just, something just doesn't register for whatever reason on that, on that. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> so when you go back and you revisit it, it, it can, it can give you everything that you need. And then you can, you can show up fully. I like that you brought that up because we do want to show up fully. I know that's, it's always been. I know in my friendship with you, that's always been something in relation to you that's been important for me is being able to show up. And it's not that, it's not like you can't be around me in a low or, or 
or when yeah. I'm melancholic, like you, you're emotional and you're correct. Like you very much can, yeah. but it's, it's me being able to show up in an expression that's going to, it's going to feel the best, right? It's going to feel the best without like rushing myself or putting myself under pressure things like that. Um, so I like that you brought that up because that's something that's really important to have for any emotional being in, in, in their lives with the relationships that they have in their lives. And I don't think very many do have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I really appreciate voice messages for the reasons that you were mentioning. And also, you know, I mean, cause you can review it, get more data and information. Um, and then you can also like, take your time but still respond acoustically <laughs> which yeah, yeah. I really appreciate um I don't do phone calls very often you know um I do appreciate in or real-time communication but when it comes to telecommunication I really prefer each person to be able to be on their own timeline <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah voice messages are are fantastic for emotionals <laughs> especially those of us that are that are acoustic um listening to that is is massive so yeah. this is this is a just a curiosity um don't mean to de- derail the conversation too much but i noticed that i am able to show up on social media and even sometimes like respond to people that i'm not in deep connection like you know have deep intimacy with on social media like pretty easily and then I'll I and then I have to wait for like the deeper connections to respond I'm curious if you share that experience as well oh yeah oh totally oh totally. I (laughs) and you know what the other thing is that it depends on the person's authority yeah Mm -hmm. like the emotional beings in my life which there's not, I mean, I don't have very many emotional projectors in my life. And that's kind of like the longest process. The emotional beings in my life, there's always a a longer period of time, you know, the beings that are splenic or uh, sacral, self-projected, you know, different authorities. It's much quicker. The communication with them is much quicker. And I think mm-hmm. that part of that is the depth and it's not it's not to say that you're not communicating with the depth with yeah. them but the sol- solar plexus communication is something that's very 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 different right yeah it it's is very different and it's it's taking in so much it's it's accounting for so much and so it, the the time frequency is different i mean i can stay in in communion with somebody that's a moment to moment being, you know, they're splenic and, and, you know, I can get back to them very quickly, but there's a lot of times for us as emotional beings, when we do communicate with each other, the solar plexus knows it's communicating with another solar plexus. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's putting all of that out and then it's, it's gonna, it's gonna process and it's, and it's gonna get back. And it's not that it can't be, you know, quicker communication, but you know, like if, mm-hmm. if you're conveying something that has a lot of depth, or a lot of emotion uh, associated with it, then there's processing 
definitely. So I, I do see a, a difference in the way that the time frequency um, operates with people according to their authority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, in the same connection, there can be, I can, I, I find that there can be like different subject matter conversations going on simultaneously. Like, you know, there might be something of more depth that is taking time to come back to and address. Whereas um, more like superficial day-to-day -day stuff, we can stay in a yeah. more consistent, you know, communication. Yeah. About. But yeah, when, when there's stuff to process, it really does take, it mm -hmm. takes time. Yeah, totally. If there's, you know, if there's something that's, uh, you know, if it's movement-based or decision-based, like that's mm -hmm. something that you get back, you know, it's like, uh, that's something that's being processed. It doesn't, you know, that's something that's being processed in the background by the solar plexus. It doesn't stop all other communication, right? Like, yeah, that's that's something that's being processed. A decision, you know, decision could be getting processed, but that doesn't mean everything else stops, right? Because we're not we're not moment to moment. Like, if we're moment to moment, then it's just like the decision's there, decision's not there, mm -hmm. um, right? And then it's like, oh, and then we move on to the next thing. But for us, it's you know we're communicating with the other person and maybe we have a decision to make of movement uh or about the other person but that doesn't that's that's getting processed that that can't like put everything else on hold you know what i mean yeah um so that is very different that is something that's very different for us I yeah like that up. Yeah, I mean, you and I, for instance, there's voice messages that I have from you that I haven't responded to yet, but we've been in communication about getting on yeah. the podcast and we're here talking now, but you know, that's that's still not my solar plexus hasn't moved me to respond to that yet. <laughs> and I and I don't even that it's it's funny because I don't even think about it. Yeah, me like the, <laughs> I think when you as an emotional being, when you when you've established connection relationship with another emotional being because everybody's different right so it's going to function according to the differentiation between those two beings and it's like because that's been established i don't even think about it like i don't even you know, yeah i don't even i don't even think about it and, It'll happen when it's, when and then yeah exactly and then and then what and then, <laughs> and then and then the you know the memory recall comes back and it's like oh yeah there was that um, mm -hmm. because well, yeah once it's once there's once there's deeper communication once there's deeper communion that's put out there uh, that's being processed then it's being processed it's not it doesn't put anything on hold and I really love that about the understanding and you know this isn't something I mean I think back to when I first entered into my process right with emotional authority <laughs> i would have never fucking thought that things would be the way that they are now like i would have never like the idea of just like just the way that you and me communicate like you and i communicate there's no way three years ago you could have told me that it would that would work the way it <laughs> same same yeah yeah, I mean, when I got into human, I got into human design seven years ago, and when I got into it, there there was no way for me to comprehend really anything about the solar plexus being the way that it is now. Like, 
I, if you would have told me that my life would look the way that it does and I would operate the way that I do, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what you were saying, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's, it's very, very different. I think something I wanted to, I want to go into emotional, emotional waves in aura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so often the the you know when we're talking about emotional beings we're always talking about a lot a lot of times emotional and non-emotional and yeah that that's that's genetic imperative right a lot of times emotionals around non-emotionals that's genetic imperative that's that's what we are so yeah. it's, a, it's a very different experience when two emotional beings are with each other especially two non-sacral yeah emotional beings are with each mm-hmm. other and for me for me it's it's not a it's not a common experience at all you know i mean like for, for you you have jameson like you know yeah, your, yeah. your son's an emotional manifester but for me it's it's not it's not common at all and yeah i'm, I'm here in the hermit tower by myself and i walked away <laughs> and you know what i mean it's like for, for me and so that experience is so different for me and it's I, I could even say that it's it's pretty new for me really right? mm-hmm. it's pretty new for me well you you experienced <laughs> you experienced me in in a little mini emotional low with the when we were at, um for the conference with the mm-hmm. kombucha, the the like massive disappointment i had that <laughs> i forgot the kombucha and i it just took me so long to process that. It's, I mean, that's a very simple little thing, but um, yeah, I'm curious if you want to like just speak to what. Yeah. I, so yeah, <laughs> experienced Milo. And you know, it, and yeah. I always, I always do my best to. Well, you know, you know how I am about respecting fuel, and I always do my best to stimulate and respect the fuel of mm-hmm. you have a channel of recognition, so it's respecting and and stimulating that that fuel of experience and desire so yeah when you accidentally left the kombucha at the store (laughs) i knew right then and there i was like oh here comes here comes uh here comes experiential disappointment here comes the crash you know (laughs) And, and i kind of just i don't even remember what i did but i just i was just i was ready to do whatever i could to try and smooth things over uh, not that I could fix anything or anything like that, but it's like, okay, now what, what can I do? You proposed a movie. Does it, was that what it was? Yeah. yeah. I was like, what can I do experientially, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but did it work? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eventually it did. It, it takes me, it's, especially with food, <laughs> it takes uh, me some time, you know, it's like, it takes some time for it to kind of climb. Yeah reach its yeah. bottom and then start to climb back up yeah. like no it did I just had to really <laughs> I remember you're like no oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> no the the, the lows uh, the, I mean I can I can feel the difference in in your wave because 
recognition feels really fucking cool <laughs> it feels really really cool to me i i really like it I, I enjoy it i could feel the difference like in the crash but it wasn't like it was uncomfortable mm-hmm. at all uh, i mean I, I have them voting so i'm just you know paying for breakfast so maybe that's a little bit of it but mm-hmm. at the same time i know that the, the collective crash is is heavy just from like when I've had it in the transits I'm like oh shit <laughs> I'm crashing you know it, it's a very different it's very different from and it's not that it's not painful it's just different from the emoting pain like yeah. it, it's, it's distinctly different um, and you know I you know I felt it but it wasn't It, was, it wasn't like there was a deficit or it was uncomfortable or, you know, I had any sort of a, a want or a need to manipulate your wave and, and, and push you back up or anything. Uh, what I did want to do is give you an experience to maybe level you out or comfort you mm-hmm. uh, in that crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I shared this with you and also at the conference of how I can, even even though my solar plexus is, I mean, we can still take in conditioning, but I can feel the moodiness. Like I can feel, yeah. I can feel that channel very, very well, you know, um, but it is, I don't, I imagine it's because, you know, I have the <laughs> emotional system as well, that it doesn't feel like it's taking me over in any kind of way. It's just like, right. okay, that's there. I can understand what's happening. I can empathize in my own way. You know, right. I don't have the same channel, but, um, mm-hmm. but it can definitely like, it's palpable. Yeah. So you can only imagine what it feels like for non-emotionals, but <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I, I remember you were you, there was there's multiple times we were like yeah you're feeling like this huh? I'm like fuck <laughs> it looks like I mean it, it, it's it's so it's very helpful it's very empowering to 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 have that in aura to have that in my life as, as a whole it's, it's empowering to, to have that in aura is a very different experience yeah yeah it's very I've really you know, on the, on the other end, like with you, it's, it's interesting because I'm, you know, my, my personality son is 42. It is experiential. Mm-hmm. When I, when I'm, when I'm plugged into your channel of recognition, all of a sudden I'm like, let's fucking go on. <laughs> I'm like, all of a sudden I'm all about experiences. And it's not like, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm across the Maya. So experiences and cycles, that's just, that's, that's part of my incarnation. But it's mm-hmm. funny when I, when I'm plugged into you, it's like all of a sudden I have the fuel for it that I don't mm-hmm. usually have for it. And so I think that's, that's something that, <laughs> that I do enjoy. Cause I'm like, Oh, we have, Oh, here's the fuel. Let's go have an experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Oh, I'm glad I can offer that. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I'm, I'm moody I'm definitely moody uh, and I don't know how it feels to other people I mean I, I do to a degree I mean it, and it's interesting because non-emotionals they a lot of times they think my melancholy feels good and for me that's just the weirdest thing but I guess when you don't feel you know when you when you don't feel emo- when you don't have emotional energy I guess that probably feels warm mm-hmm. to a degree. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that there can be almost a grounding and settling quality to melancholy, which might be really, yeah, which might feel really nice, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I I could definitely see that. Kind of bring us deeper into ourselves and into our hearts and our bodies, you know? What's that like for you with my wave? My melancholy? you know it's it's interesting because I can I can feel it for sure but I feel like when you and I are in aura together like I feel just kind of consistently myself like I don't feel Mm -hmm. obviously I'm taking in Mm -hmm. your conditioning like that's definitely happening but um yeah I don't it's interesting. I don't feel like the emotional experience of it, yeah. but I can feel that you're feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the melancholy is like 70% of my life. So it's, it's just like, you know, it's yeah. this baseline. So it's, it's my, so that, yeah, that's, it's, 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 it's interesting to think about the way that it, the way that it feels to somebody that's, that's emotional. Uh, and yeah it's just kind of my natural frequency and you have your natural frequency and those two come together and you know, and then we have we then we have what we have frequency. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's not gosh yeah it's not something that's talked about very often <laughs> very often at all two different emotional streams yeah your emotional projectors mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, I get I get curious about what my what my stream feels like to other people <laughs> as well because I have I have no idea. Um, I know that the highs feel really really good, of course, and then the lows just feel like the world crashed down on me, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, there are people in my life that really and en- like enjoy and don't mind being around me when I'm in my low. And so, yeah, I get curious what that experience yeah. like for them. There's no way for me to really know. I mean, I, your many lows are, yeah, I, I, I have no, I'm good with it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> even, 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 even your, even your heavy lows, I am still, mm-hmm. of course, you know that I'm there and they don't yeah it doesn't deter me at all even even the heavy lows and i know that they're you know the, i know that the crash is deeply painful and and it's, it's interesting to talk about this because there's so much when it comes to the emotional system that is you know it's like people want the highs but they don't want the lows mm-hmm. right? and it's like you you can't have one without that you don't get to you know you don't get to fucking pick one like you're gonna have to have both all or nothing baby (laughs) exactly all or nothing exactly yep it's it's part of the it's like for me it's like you you can have this passion but you can have to have the pain too you know (laughs) got all this passion but there's pain comes with it uh you know you're gonna have to be able to handle that and you know that's something that Gosh, I can't say anything. I can't can't say anything about something becoming normalized, but I because <laughs> it's it's it 
it's abnormal to be to be correct but i think those are conversations that need to be had because there's so much yeah you know everybody wants emotional energy everybody wants emotional energy emotional energy is where the fun stuff is you know is that's where all the fun stuff is, is in the solar plexus and so whether you're emotional or not emotional everybody wants it but there as a ninth centered being there to to be ninth centered to have ninth centered communion ninth centered relationships ninth centered bonding you have to enter into things correctly with the understanding and the the love for that being regardless of their highs and their lows Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's essential and i i think it's important to note also that as we get deeper into our process and decondition more and learn how to be in our wave without making it about the things that are around us or the people that are around us um i think that there's a level of self-reliance and self-responsibility and accountability for our own emotional state that just kind of naturally happens that makes it easier for other people to be in aura with us when we're in those spaces you know because we're not projecting it out or like you know placing blame on whatever's in front of us (laughs) but it, it does take time it takes time you know as an emotional being when you first get into human design and like it takes time to learn how to unwind that and to just be with the emotion and know whatever needs to be processed is being processed and our mind can just stop mm-hmm. trying to assign meaning to everything that we're feeling <laughs> you know yeah. stop stop thinking that it has everything figured out mm-hmm. 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 Because by the time you get to the end of your wave, you like <laughs> look back and you're like, "What the fuck was I thinking?" <laughs> oh my god! No, what that was about. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Especially when you learn, like, oh well, I kind of that had absolutely nothing to do with you. Like <laughs> it's like you know, it's like <laughs> I was just uh, I was I was in a mood. <laughs> She said, no, sorry about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's the kind of the management. I think, and it it becomes easier, definitely. It just becomes a natural part of the process. Mm-hmm. I know that you know, not having a response mechanism and being emotional is just it's a very different process. And learn to navigate that especially once you you know you you kick that conditioned response mechanism out of you you know and that's that that brainwashing is gone because that's really what it is is that we're brainwashed to 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 respond and when that's kicked out when those hooks are gone or close to gone you know like once once that process is there then there definitely is a different You know, not only do we communicate differently, but we move differently through the world. Completely differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely differently. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the greatest gifts of deconditioning the solar plexus and really trusting authority and your own timing is the way that rushing like really slows down 
like you you're gonna get where you're meant to be in the right time you're gonna decide what you need to decide in the right time you're gonna communicate with who you need to communicate with how you need to communicate with them in the right time if you just wait for the solar plexus to move you and it takes time to develop trust in that for sure <laughs> but once you do it's just every I mean you just get moved to the correct things um and you don't have to put the pressure on yourself to rush or decide or to move when you're not feeling pulled to move mm -hmm. that's that's a really that's a really nice thing to settle into <laughs> yeah never never missing anything mm -hmm. that's it's and you know the, the the conditioning is is so deep around it i mean i, I still struggle um Mm -hmm. I still struggle with my emotional timing in in some regards. I and it's ma it's mainly my it's mainly my my root center. Yeah, it's, me too. it's mainly my root center. Just more, you know, the adrenalized energy. But you never miss anything when you're emotional. That's the thing is, you we're moving through the Maya in our own time frequency according to the way that this whole thing is constructed and set up for us mm -hmm. so it's like you you're not going to miss out on an opportunity because you're emotional you're yeah. not going to miss out on a relationship because you're emotional you're not going to miss out on you're not going to miss out on anything yeah there's nothing that you ever are going to miss you don't miss yeah sorry okay <laughs> It might appear that way, like you mm -hmm. might see an opportunity come and quote unquote go, um, and your mind might think that it was meant for you. But truly, when it comes down to it, like you, you're absolutely right. You can't miss an opportunity that's truly correct for you, because if that thing, that circumstance, that relationship, that um, opportunity or experience isn't in alignment with your timing then it's just not meant for you mm -hmm. the right thing the correct thing will come that is totally and it, and it comes at the right time mm -hmm. and it comes at the right time yeah and, and that's one of the i suppose the mysteries of emotional authority that is mm -hmm. just really remarkable is how that timing shows up yeah because it, it it shows up it's just it's like oh oh and then and then you look and you're like actually this is perfect timing or something won't work mm -hmm. right something won't work out yeah. and then things will end up working out better than they were going to work out you know Absolutely. essentially mm -hmm. yeah i fucking love being emotional <laughs> I do too. I do too. It took me, it took me some time to get there <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's still not necessarily easy moving through the Maya being emotional is in, in the sense of having to deal with, with other people. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. It's so contradictory to, I mean, the whole, the way that society is constructed, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 To the modernized construct. Mm -hmm. I really do enjoy it. I like that. I think that's good for for emotional things. Cool. Yeah. 
I'd really like to transition into what we had spoke about at the conference, um, just you know, in our personal conversation about mm-hmm. talking about nine-centered communion and nine-centered relationships and relating and how those dynamics work as opposed to you know, the very seven centered way of, of connecting that all of us have been conditioned with and that the cross of planning has really uh, homogenized us with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, one thing you and I have talked quite a bit about is how in nine centered, I mean, when you're communing in a nine centered way, there isn't that same level of transactionality if that's a word right you know it's right and it's it's very much not about expecting the other person to show up in a way that serves or benefits you but rather than or but rather really requiring and encouraging and wanting the other person to show up exactly as they are and respecting that and you also showing up exactly as you are and that being respected yes and that's and yeah i'm i'm very grateful to have that with you Mm -hmm. i know yeah it's 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 definitely something special and it's it's, it doesn't grow on trees this is not very you know there's the amount of people that anybody is ever going to have in their life that they have that with is is not as is is slim and so it's definitely something that i hold in high regard and is special to me i i'm aware of how difficult it can be for certain configurations, certain circuitry to to love in a nine-centered way. And, you know, we all have our limitations. I I have, you know, for lack of of better words, I have an advantage as a pure individual because that's all I I can, I can only empower. All I can only, you know, everything is rooted in passion. It's all rooted in love. So it's, it's easy for me to say, to, to give my love unconditionally. It's, it's pretty, it's an easy thing when, of course, when that's there, right? I can't just mm-hmm. give it freely, but when that's there. Then it just, it just. I love for the sake of loving, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm aware that for me, that's a, it's a very different for me than somebody that doesn't have individual circuitry or uh, somebody that has heavy tribal circuitry, uh, I know that it, it's very different, even, you know, it, it's going to have its own flavor with collective as well. Um, you know, I can't, yeah. And as a nine center being, I can, you know, I can't expect certain things. You know, I can't expect somebody to be what they're not. And at the same time, no matter what our design is, we're here to individuate. We're here to express our individuality, no matter what our, type is no matter what our circuitry is our profile so even though it might be more natural for me as a pure individual and it might be you know more difficult for somebody that you know is heavily tribal for instance uh, that doesn't change the fact that as a nine-centered being we're here to love without conditions whether no matter what the definition is even if 
somebody's tribal and they require a bargain or you know they're collective and they require experiences the still as a nine center being we're still here to love without conditions and so I'm, I'm aware that yeah there's it can be more natural maybe for some people than others but ultimately we're all here to to love without conditions and it's a very different type of respect that's there you know i don't i know just the the, the amount of of pressure that i don't feel yeah when i know that there's not something that's expected of me hmm. or something that's given is i mean it's it's inexplicable and it's something that's so rare, you know, I, and it, it's, 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 it's really, really fantastic when it's reciprocal because you can do something for somebody that you love and that's just, you're just doing it. It's just, yeah. Between me and you, if I do whatever I do for you, I just, I, I do it. That's it. That's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. And it's to say that it's a relief is not giving it as much weight as it really has, but it's such a relief to the whole entire system when you're having something done out of pureness and generosity rather than like, I'm doing this for you so that you will show up in this way or so that I can get this. When I feel that, um, the expectation on the other end of something I my whole body has a like a push away response I'm like <laughs> like I don't want it then I just don't want it then because nothing is worth compromising who I am or what I'm naturally and generously wanting to give or having that be manipulated or controlled in any kind of way right right yeah 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 relief it definitely does not <laughs> we, we don't have the language we don't have the language for it it's yeah. i think that it, it it very much liberates the the normal the norm the, the, the normal constrictions that are that are on relationships Absolutely. Right. I because all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, this isn't expected of me. You know, something's not expected, you know, for this. And mm -hmm. it, it's, it's so different when I know for me, there's such different energy when I am doing something for somebody just to do it for them because I love them. Yeah. And it feels so different that feels so different um, from, you know, the conditioning that, that we get that we need to do this in order to get this or, you know, in order to secure this or that with this person. Mm -hmm. When you're doing something for somebody simply because you love them and there truly is no expectations, it's a different, there's a, there's a different feeling of abundance that's there. No matter what it is, you know, I mean, yeah. it can, 
uh, it, it's it's about the action of, of doing something or giving something just purely because it it feels good yeah you want to because you love that person and it takes away the opportunity for resentment as well like mm -hmm. that that goes away because if I'm doing something for you it's because I truly want to and I have no expectation from you so I can't be like there's there's no opportunity for me to be bitter or resentful because you weren't showing up in a certain way because I'm not expecting you to show up in a certain way right and there's no bitterness or resentment because I'm feeling all this pressure to show up in a certain way or you know um pressure to do something because I'm supposed to because that's the typical role that someone is supposed to, you know quote unquote supposed to play yeah. that kind of relationship dynamic right right yeah it, it's and that's it's it's also something that allows relationship dynamics to differentiate mm -hmm. right uh, it allows relationship dynamics to differentiate into whatever they are <laughs> you know yeah. into whatever yeah. what into whatever they are however they function uh, however much time is spent or you know all of that it, it allows that to happen because if we have this homogenized view of things being you know ultra transactional then that construct starts to control and over overpower the differentiation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the ability to be unique and then to have you know to have bonds that are unique yeah absolutely it's reminding me of the concept of relational anarchy where it's essentially no you know in our in our homogenized world the way that everything goes is your intimate partner takes precedence over everything else and there's so many rigid expectations of what that is meant to look like and the steps you're meant to take throughout that relational journey and relational anarchy is really just dissolving all of that and it's just letting each connection be what it is <laughs> you know like nothing is more special than the other nothing is um you know has any set steps that we're supposed to take it's just whatever evolves naturally between two human beings right and that's something that I really love and it's really important to me and I think it's really important to nine-centered communion yeah I think it's I think it is it is very important and it's not to say you know, it's not to say that's the only nine-centered way or to say that you know, monogamy is not nine-centered or anything like that, but it is It is to say that what's correct for somebody is correct for somebody. And whatever that looks like. Whatever, yeah, exactly, whatever that looks like. And I also think that as, as nine centered humans we're you know we're at the end of the process where where we really are at the end of the process of for our species literally and you know we the marriage contract is across a planning thing yeah you know, it, it, it is across a planning thing and it, it is a financial agreement uh through the cross of planning there's nothing wrong with that but it's ultimately evolutionarily that's not what we are and we're going into an age that is very different where that's going to be apparent that that's not what we are we're not going to have that influence 
And so allowing, allowing you know, relationships to be what they are with the, with the person, with the people that are in your life, that's allowing them to, to be unique. You know, it's, it's, it's very different from the way that we've all, I mean, we, we've all been conditioned, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, no matter what society somebody grew up in, the background frequency conditions us, you know, the 3740 conditions us for marriage and the family. And not that there's anything wrong with that. But when that goes away, it's going to be pretty apparent that that's not what we are as nine hundred beings. That's not the end all say all for us. And there's so much, For me, there's so much respect there when relationships can be conducted in that manner of you know, relation, you know, relational anarchy. There, there is, because the, you, you have to respect the other person in, in their boundaries and you know, as an emotional being in their bandwidth, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You have to respect them in their boundaries. You have to respect them in their bandwidth and they have to respect you and your boundaries and your bandwidth and love you as you are and love you as how you show up as yourself in that particular bond because you know we're talking about uniqueness so you know i want that's what i want i want the uniqueness of that bond not this one or you know of that specific bond and yeah. it's a very very different concept because it, it requires letting go of certain levels of of possession or certain levels of you know of control that for some of us are, are very much inherent in our designs and at the same time for for some of us, it's just conditioned. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it, it, it ultimately comes down to awareness. I know, for instance, I've got a hanging 45th gate. It's awareness of possession or not. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's there. Uh, is it, it's not a gross possession. It's not a weird possession, but it's awareness of, is this person in my life or not? Mm -hmm. Are they, you know, is this, is this one of my people? Is this one of my, you know, is this somebody that's in my life, that's in my field, that uh, that there's love there or not? You know, it's awareness of possession or not. And I'm very aware of that. I'm aware that there is this quality that's there. But at the same time, the 45th gate is looking to educate. It's looking to protect. It's looking to, you know, establish territory. But that also comes with the protection. Right? So it's it's being aware that, oh yeah, I do have that aspect to me, but it's not an overbearing controlling aspect to me. It's a, the awareness of is this person in my life or not. And so even when we do have certain aspects of ourselves, you know, I yeah, I'm an individual, but that, that is a, a defined gate that is, that is very, very tribal, right? That's mm -hmm. the voice. It's the only voice of the tribe. And it's, apparent to me that that's in me so it comes down so much to the awareness 
because I, I can feel that. I mean, I even feel it in my language, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I watch it come out of my, my throat center and I'm aware of that aspect of me. And, it's, and, and I'm also aware that I love uniqueness and I love individuality. And there's just nothing, nothing works nine centered when it, when, when it, when it comes to, I mean, control, possession, the, these old themes that still exist inside all of us. I mean, it's still running in all of our genetics, right? Uh, it's just a, it can't exist. It can't exist in the same way. Yeah. Like it just, it doesn't exist in the same way. Well, I think there's also something to be said about the fact that you can claim a connection in a way without controlling the other person or leading the other person or, um, you know, making like putting like really hard restrictions and parameters and expectations. For instance, like, Jameson is my son. Like I, I claim that connection and also like, it's my top priority to celebrate and encourage and foster his individuality and his uniqueness. Right. And if at any point he decides that he doesn't want to be in connection with me, it would break my damn heart in all the ways, but like, you know, there would, there also has to be an honoring of that, Mm -hmm. whatever that that's meant to be. I don't like using that example because I don't want to think of any kind of future right. connection with right, him. Right. But, um, right. you know, just just to illustrate that there, I think that like claiming doesn't, or you know, that that the comfort that can come in a possession kind of energy when it's when mm-hmm. it's possession without like right possession light you know <laughs> this, is, this is yeah possession. Like, yeah that's my person this, not like yeah. this is my person and this right. is all right. of the things that i expect from exactly. it you know? and this is your definition coming in this is your <laughs> channel of awareness and channel of curiosity coming in for, for the assist because my everything's straight for the g for me and i'm like i'm not designed to explain myself how do i <laughs> thank you thank you yeah they're they're definitely there can be possession light and (laughs) (laughs) i'm possession light that's me i'm possession light yeah (laughs) for for sure yeah i'm possession light and yeah it's it's not it's not about it's not about controlling or setting a bunch of rules or 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 anything like that Uh, it is about awareness right and it's Mm -hmm. it's also you know i think on the other end it's, it's about my awareness that piece of my design being respected right that yeah. i have that awareness and that's something that's important to me so thank you for articulating that so well my pleasure of course you of course you do very very brilliant mind thank you thank you yeah i think when it comes to communing in a nine centered way i it's also important to talk about the level of work that that needs to be done and deconditioning that needs to be done and 
like in order for us to really show up in nine center communion with another person, like we need to know that we have our own back. We need to know that we are whole and complete as we are. We need to be able to rely on ourselves, our uniqueness, our individuality and trust our process, our strategy, authority, and know that no matter what happens in connection with other people, whether it stays for a minute or five years or a lifetime, like no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. And I think so much of what gets in the way of people allowing other people to be themselves in relationship is there's so much fear of, you know, abandonment and, and betrayal and things like that. But like, if we can really rely on ourselves and trust ourselves to be able to get through those kind of things, um, you know, it makes, makes the whole thing a lot easier. Yeah. And, you know, it's, we can only be there for the other one we're there for ourselves and so i think that this isn't to say that you know you have to love all parts of yourself and or you know, be perfect or be quote-unquote healed or any of any of that mm-hmm. but it, it is about entering into first off it's about entering into things cleanly right it's about entering into connection entering into bonds with the other person through strategy and authority and it's about doing you know being honest being clean about it yeah. right and you know that i mean that comes down to talking about each other's traumas talking about you know the, these really uncomfortable uh, conversations that you in the modernized world you don't you don't talk about until like you know okay well we've been seeing each other for x amount of you know so now i'm going to talk about this like no, it's not, it's not, if you're going to enter into things correctly as a nine centered being, it's, it's very much okay. I have this, this is something that I, that I deal with. So this, you know, this is something that helps me cope with that, or this is something that can come up for me. Mm-hmm. And you let the other person know that way it's clean and you're not, you know, that, that way whatever it is that you're you're moving through you're working through in your life doesn't end up sabotaging the bond and the connection and so much of that really comes down to honesty and and being honest about about what it is you know uh, I know I have to be I have to be honest about uh, you know conditioning that I have from war and you know, it's not, and it's just those, it's those, it's those, you know, it's those little, those little things, right? Um, a little like, big things. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm not at the hermit time, I mean, you saw, I, w- I would wake up at, at that's like, if, if I'm not at the hermit tower, I wake up at six 30, like I'm going to go like it's, it's combat time, no matter what time I fall asleep, you've seen it. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that's just, there's nothing that's wrong with me. That's just the way that I'm wired now. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's little things like that. Yeah. You, you just have to be honest about and upfront. And this is where that's coming from. And I think we can be so afraid of things like that throwing the other person off or 
you know, if, if we're really in the head game and we're making mental decisions, then we're trying to connect with the person from uh, not from a place of authority. Yeah. And we're trying, you know, then it's, you know, it's, it's the game of trying to manipulate yeah. the situation for the other person to like you or to, you know, uh, to accept you. But when you enter into things clean, then that that's not there. And all those potential pitfalls that could be there are pretty much already sorted and to the degree that if something does come up, you're, you're prepared to, to handle it. And the other, the other being is, is, is prepared to handle it. Uh, if, if it's entered into through nine centered communion by both parties, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, informed consent is a term that comes up in my mind as we talk about this. And I think it's important in the way that you're discussing. And then also to be really open and honest and transparent towards the beginnings of a relationship of like what it is you desire from a relationship. Like you as an individual is going to decide or, you know, desire something maybe different than someone who's tribal or someone who's collective and so like really putting that out <laughs> like this is this is what I want from my romantic relationships this is what I want from my friendships um and really seeing like where those desires from each person converge rather than trying to like you know withhold what we truly desire in order to stay in connection or um you know, or pretend like, or try to make ourselves okay with something that the other person wants that isn't entirely true to us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's something that's massive is being upfront and also, also being upfront to the degree that you can be upfront. Mm -hmm. Our body, our, our personalities and our body, they're pretty much always in a constant tension and flux it comes to bonding you know it's like my 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 personality is playing the shyness boldness game you know it's this advance withdraw this i'm bold this you know i'm gonna withdraw and and all my body's interested in is can i trust this person you know am i attracted to them and can i trust them and my personality is like in a completely different place i think there's also there's also the the awareness of of mechanics because if we're gonna if we're gonna operate as nine centered beings, you really do have to know design at a certain level, and you know that's still surface. That's profile is still surface, but it's the understanding of of how that of how that functions. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyone who is in connection with me, <laughs> the bond's gonna be it's gonna be broken, be broken, and most often remade. You know. Um, not always, but most often, you know, reestablish. But that is that is something that whoever is in my life is mm -hmm. going to have to to mm -hmm. deal with. And so I do do my best to be open. I mean, that's something I'm very aware of. So it's something that I try to be very open and transparent about. And and for me, it's never about the amount of love that's there or not there like the love remains it's just sometimes the configuration has to change or sometimes there needs to be a little bit of space before we can reconnect you know mm -hmm. um yeah yeah I think it's important to really communicate about the mechanics that the mechanics and the you know internal 
structure of us and architecture and everything that that we are aware of communicate yeah. that with the other person yeah yeah definitely it's yeah so much of it comes down to awareness and just really entering into things clean and keeping things clean mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of this is who I am and how I am and and then I want to know who you are and how you are mm-hmm. and accepting accepting that and you know it's it's also accepting those you know the the difficult pieces that are really hard for people to come clean in in relationship right like the whether they have trouble with abandonment or they're avoidant or you know all of these things um and also not just to i think it's also important if we're talking about nine center communion and nine center relationships that there's development there like i you know i want somebody and you know just having somebody in my life that accepts me for my uniqueness like that's one thing yeah relationships are about awareness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just about being in a relationship with somebody that's aware no matter what that dynamic is it's also about becoming more aware with that person yeah yeah relationships are about awareness and so it's about becoming more aware with that person developing more consciousness with that person Mm -hmm. it's not and some of that happens through experience some of that happens through communion and some of that happens through repair challenge yeah challenge struggle repair absolutely yeah i think that well I know, <laughs> I know that nine centered repair is very different from repair mm-hmm. in other contexts, right? I know that, for instance, a nine, nine, I know when a, when a third line breaks the bond in a nine centered fashion is entirely different from when they don't. And <laughs> just like I know as a fourth line, when I abdicate in the nine centered fashion is very different from when I, when I <laughs> abdicate in a a not self fashion right so it is it is for sure the way that the way that repair works is different too it's not it's not coming to the other person for a conflict even even if there's going to be a conflict it's coming to the other person because you want to understand them just as much as you want them to understand you yeah yeah I mean it's it's the difference between like coming to someone to try to see if they'll do the work to like kind of fix it right <laughs> versus like okay this is this is what's happening between us this is my part of it i want to hear what your experience is and how can we actually work together in communion right how can we actually right. work together to create solutions that work for both of us whether that be you know deepening our connection in this way or whether that be taking some space, whether that be offering support in different ways or, you know, what, whatever it is, but it's really, um, you know, honoring each individual, each individual's experience, having the the awareness that it's going to be different. Each person, no matter what experience you go through, um, each person is going to have a totally different reality of what that was like. And so really knowing that and holding 
holding that truth and really being open to hearing the other person's experience um and not trying to you know play the game of right or wrong or blame or you know putting putting the burden on the other person to to do the work to fix it but really like coming together and working together right right yeah it's when when we enter into things correctly and we exit things correctly there's not there isn't blame even if there's something that could be blamed <laughs> there's no blame yeah, because exactly mm -hmm. because it was the way that it, that it was supposed to be and that's it's definitely something to be it's definitely something to be and it's interesting because it's something to be learned from third lines but it's also something to be learned from fourth lines yeah um, you know a, a third line breaks the bond and just in my experience very often reestablishes that bond yeah. um, and a fourth line can take a you know a fourth line can take a bond and to be romantic and then abdicate and you know very often a fourth line you know we, we bond through friendship so they take it and it, it becomes romantic and then they abdicate and say well it's better if we're just friends uh -huh. that, that gets explored and the way that the way that that's handled is is really important and it's, it's interesting we're looking at the third and the fourth line particularly because we're looking at the transition right we're looking yeah. at adaptive and we're looking at the fixed and so that it's important how that's handled and it's important how we how we repair things in a way that is not you know, it's, it's very much about, okay, what can I do? Yeah. You know, it's, and it, you know, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's using I statements, not you statements, yep. you know, and so much about living your type, so much about living life as yourself is about accountability. I mean, yeah. if you, if you can't be accountable for your own shit, you can't live life as yourself. You can't be in your authority if you can't be accountable. Mm -hmm. and so you know approaching things from that standpoint is what can I do as opposed to what can you do absolutely if two beings can approach things from that standpoint you have a very 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 different type of intimacy absolutely yeah I mean it goes back to the conversation around expectations like it's it's not holding an expectation for the other person to be the one to do something it's choosing to take accountability and you be the one to do something mm -hmm. and you know ideally they're doing the same thing but <laughs> but yeah i mean that's that's the, that's absolutely what happens when two people are operating correctly yeah, yeah. when two people are operating correctly and and yeah, they've been clean with each other in in their honesty uh, because of course it's going to look different for everybody but i you know it, in you know, just in in my work in my one-to-one -one work you know relationships come up a lot right i mean oh. <laughs> as a projector i mean that's <laughs> mm -hmm. 
when you're, when you're, when you're, yeah, when, when you're a professional projector, when that, when that's what you do, uh, you know, you, you, you end up giving guidance in pretty, in, in most facets, uh, yeah. of all areas, <laughs> all areas. Yep. Yeah, in all areas. And so much that we suffer from and that we deal with as humans is directly tied to our relationships. So, you know, something that I've found to be very helpful and transformative for my clients is them being clean about what they need Yeah, from their partner, being clean about, I need this. And part of that I learned as a wide split, I'm a wide split definition. And that's part of, of being clean as a wide split definition is letting people know what you need in relationship to them. Like, this is something that I, that that I need. And it's not a, it's not out of a, a place of being needy. It's out of a place of, if I don't have this as a wide split definition, then I'm going to feel bitter. I'm going to get bitter. And uh, with an emotional system, I'm going to get bitter and I'm going to get angry. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's very much me learning for myself and then uh, relaying it to my clients, but for, for them, I've seen, some pretty transformative changes in all areas, whether it's their marriages, their, you know, their partnerships, um, parenting, uh, mm-hmm. friendships. I mean, all facets just by being clean about what you need from the other person. Yeah, absolutely. And being clear about what you need without coming to the other person with the energy of like, this is what I need. What are you going to do about it? You know, right. Right. This, is, this is this is what I need. Is this something that you're able to give in a relationship? Because if not, then we need to reassess and reestablish you, right? right. right. Um, and if it is, then great, we're aligned and we can keep going. Um, yeah. the, it is very similar with boundaries as well. And that's something that a lot of my patients and clients have some of the hardest struggles with is, is boundaries, but it really just comes down to honesty. Like, where is your limit and what are you going to do if that limit gets, you know, if your boundary gets crossed and just being really clear about that and taking, you know, self-responsibility and accountability and doing what you need to based on the information that's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what honesty does. (laughs) Transformative. Yeah. Transformative. So much is is about honesty and self-accountability, but there's the you know, it does take, it, it is not easy to, oh, to overcome the fears that people have associated with these things. Yeah. It's so simple, but so difficult. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes, sometimes I think, and yeah, it's kind of funny because we're both eight ones, yeah. both examples of direction. I think sometimes it's just an example has to be set for people that, yeah. that it's something that can happen, that it's something that, and, you know, we're, we are a generation in design that is rather large, our, our generation in design, you know, and, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things that have not, have not been established, especially for us as projectors. So at the same time, it's like, yeah, these are, these are simple concepts, but at the same time, it's like, but we'll, well, we both know as eight ones that we're our own role models. Nobody else is our role model. So it's like, <laughs> we have to, have to role model things, right? For, 
and I think that there's a lot of unknowns for people in design, especially for you know, projectors that are around our age or or younger mm-hmm. that are in their thirties or or that are younger. Of how does this work? You know, yeah. like how does yeah. this work? And so, I think it's really it's 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 funny because we're both receptive, so I didn't even see it going in in this way, but it. <laughs> it's great to give these examples because people don't have mm-hmm. resources. There's, there's not the resources of, of examples out there. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, I I've noticed that it doesn't even occur to a lot of people. Like I get a lot of people coming to me with very specific examples or problems and they're like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do about this. <laughs> the right. first question is always like, well, what do you feel? What do you want? What do you need? And have you honestly communicated about that? Mm -hmm. Like so many people are just like, oh, okay. Okay. How do I, yeah, I could do that. How do I do that? You know, (laughs) but it's not something that is thought about because so much of the way that, you know, the homogenized world exists is through a lot of facades and, you know, holding your cards tight and, all, the, all these different things that are really, you know, rooted in fears and insecurity and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could go on, but I think yeah. like, all, we know. <laughs> all, the, all the things that we, we do in our, in our, in, in our guidance work to, <laughs> to get people past, right? Mm-hmm. Such a, to- that's just such a, such a massive topic. But I think that we've given, I think we've given a, a really good really good view, you know, mm-hmm. through the way that we see each of us see see the world and about how that functions and, and our experiences. Yeah, yeah. That was that was wonderful. Yes, it was. I'd like to like to expand into your work mm. and the way that you approach one-one guidance as well as Chinese medicine as a doctor and mm. in working with clients in their own differentiation. Um, when was that something that started to, to come into form for you in the way that I work mm-hmm. yeah in the way that you work well I you know I got really I got really blessed and lucky that human design entered my world at the same time I started school and so the awareness of differentiation and human design has always been um there you know, even when I was going through school and in school clinic and things like that. Um, And one way that it really shows up in my practice, I do a lot of work with people with like mental, emotional, CPTSD, um, a lot of people who are really finding their way in relationships and developing boundaries and really like learning to take care of themselves and be themselves for the first time in their lives. And human design specifically like 
gives a really good roadmap of how to help guide people to do that. Um, whether it's like expressly talked about in my practice or not, sometimes we don't ever even talk about human design, but I have an awareness of their human design and I kind of bring that into the treatment um, when I'm doing the hands-on work and acupuncture and also when I'm doing guidance. Um, but regardless if I'm doing mentorship, guidance, or hands-on healing, I'm always guiding the person to themselves. Like, I think that we have, um, you know, I have, <laughs> I have my qualms with the coaching industry and also with the, you know, healers, quote, quote unquote, like healers of the world, because it's very much this construct that, you know, someone comes to you and you tell them what to do, or you do the thing to help them. Um, and I don't approach my work that way at all. And I make that very expressly clear, like, you are the one who has all the answers. You are the one who has the innate healing capabilities within yourself. You are the one who already knows what you need to do. And it's really my role to help you get in tune with that, to really help you get in tune with yourself so that you can know where to go next so that you can develop trust with yourself so that you can learn yourself well enough to be honest with other people and develop, you know, strong, healthy relationships with other people um, and really find that sense of empowerment to be yourself in your life and create the life that is actually like catered to who you actually are and not what, you know, has been seen and replicated sometimes in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That was it gives us human design gives us so so much more depth to everything else that we that we learn as uh, as as projectors particularly as as mm -hmm. beings that master systems uh, and you know i remember with all my rigidity and all mm. all my fixedness and all my individuality I remember a time where it was just, it was, it was so hard for me to conceptualize utilizing design with something else. It was so difficult for me. Mm -hmm. So difficult for me. And I, I mean, it was just the deafness of where I was at in my process. Yeah. It is very much something that can be and is utilized in a way that is so beneficial to others no matter what what the, what the guidance is right I, yeah. it's of course is you know, in in a scientific context this is particularly beneficial in, mm -hmm. a, in a scientific context right whether we're working with the body or or we're working with the mind and the personality having that come in can really change things for people and whether they're aware of it or or not you know how much mm -hmm. the, you know, it's, it's what i it's what i what i what i always tell projectors is you learn human design for your own process you don't learn it to work in it you know the, some of us are cursed <laughs> you know i have no choice I'm, I'm stuck working in design not that i don't love it but 
you know, like it's my thing. It's my only thing is, is design, right? But yeah. so many projectors, that's not, that's not your only thing. You have a different profession and design it gives you the depth and the knowledge and a way of navigating guidance that you just wouldn't have otherwise and gives you a way of seeing the world that there's no other way to, right? There's no other way to, to be motivated correctly, see the world correctly, uh, you know, have cognition, be in your environment, all of these things, and then that benefits the client. So I think that that's massive in, in any projector's work, but when we're looking at something that's, you're a doctor, <laughs> we're looking at something that's, that's scientific, is, is there's so much benefit there to the other. Yeah, absolutely. And I do work with some clients like very expressly in human design and human design language, like they're interested in it, but some people are not, <laughs> you know, they, they just, they're, it's, they're deaf to it. They mm -hmm. don't, or maybe even turned off by it or something like that. So I find other ways to weave it in because, you know, ultimately it's just helping people become more of who they are. It doesn't really matter if they're using human design like if they know that they're using human design structure and language around it right um so yeah and I'm also just very much a person who learns a whole bunch of different things practices a whole bunch of different things and find <laughs> finds ways to kind of weave them together it's just how my brain works and how I operate so I have a lot of fun doing it yeah that's I mean that is your that is your definition <laughs> and, and, and your profile right yeah yeah so Absolutely. Find what works, what doesn't work. <laughs> and then universalize. Universalize it. Yeah. And universalize it. I, I think that you know, guidance guidance uh, you know, it, it's very different for the projector because it's it's all about asking the questions, right? Yeah projector you good projector you, you know we ask a few questions we change you know, change somebody's life but the thing is that we asked the question we didn't tell somebody yeah doesn't have an agenda that's 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 the thing that's that's misunderstood and that's a fundamental large difference between you know, the the coaching industry like that kind of as we know it yeah um and the way that things work with projector guidance yeah. you know and, and it's it, it, it's different because you're, you're not putting out this is what you need to do right yeah yeah but, I mean that's the old that's really the old way right that's it's, it really that's the old manifester way right it's like, you know I'm gonna tell you what you need to do and you have to do it uh, <laughs> really like that's that's the remnant that, that we get it from is is that old that old way whereas with the new way, the new way is, is very much found foundationally about this person has their own authority. They, you know, they, whether they're in it or not, they have their own authority. They, you know, whether they're going to, whether they're privileged enough to have design in their life or not, they, you know, everybody has their own authority. And so it's respecting and honoring that regardless of if they're in design or not. And when you can ask those questions and you can approach things in that way, 
it's 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 life changing really it really is life changing because so many people go to some i mean i i see it with my clients they, they show up and they're like they, and then they realize that i'm not gonna like tell them what to do like i'm not you know I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, like, <laughs> I mean, once once we get to a to a place of 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 establishing, uh, you know, once we get to a place of where there's analysis and there's you know there's a relational connection and analysis, right? Where there's the mm-hmm. science there and there's the the relational yeah. piece, then it can get to a point where there's you know there's the outer authority of you know, my probability view probably <laughs> probably mm-hmm. this is best probably that's the best, you know but it's not uh, there there's not a outer authority doesn't have an agenda outer authority isn't isn't exactly. trying, to convince, trying to convince anybody of, of something it's you're expressing your uniqueness and that can benefit the other person so i mean that that makes you immensely different from nearly all your peers <laughs> and what you do. I mean, it, it just in that piece. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even, um, you know, in my Chinese medicine practice, it's like Chinese medicine is very individuated as well. Like that's, it's a very like individualized type of medicine. Like we're getting to the core of who you are and all of the different pieces and how they all weave together. And so human design just offers another layer on top of that to even, like, you know, um, differentiate even more and guide treatments and guidance even yeah. more. Um, but I, I liked the piece that you said about the relationship, because that is something that I find to be really essential in, in guiding <laughs> and in healing is like that relationship is the my main priority when someone first works with me is like establishing that relationship because without that then there is there there is nothing and you know even as like a you know a a receptive being as well as like if they don't if we don't have that rapport and that like they're not gonna pull from me what they truly need right yeah right yeah, that piece has to be there. Uh, it's the you know without that, without that, there's 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 really no true place that things can go where things are going are going to change at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I see it. I see it with with clients in this. I mean, especially somebody with a line of, you know, when you're line, when you have a line of projection in your profile, there's yeah. an expectation and then that's what they're, you know, when, and what they get, what they get is different from what their expectation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they get is exactly what they need because people don't know what they need, which is why you know, they, they recognize <laughs> and invite you because you do know. Mm-hmm. And that does have to happen. There does have to be the relational aspect that's, that's there because you can give somebody an analysis of something what does that do what does that do i mean gives gives them the analysis of it but that's that doesn't that doesn't sort anything out you know for for me that doesn't that's not going to tune the frequency of of their of their personality crystal it's not going to tune the frequency of their vehicle just giving them that or there's there's other pieces and 
and it's it, Chinese medicine is a really fascinating topic when it comes to human design because in a lot of a lot of areas that where I mean solar plexus for instance that's where there's recommendations it's like if your solar plexus gets shocked you see a Chinese doctor yeah. you don't see a western doctor you see you see you know there's 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 multiple places where that that's the the outer authority that that was given when Ra was alive was go see a Chinese doctor mm -hmm. go see a Chinese medicine doctor don't 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 go see a western doctor uh and so and you know, there's also the joke that uh, human design is just Taoism with extra steps. It's like there's so it's something that's that's fascinating. It's fascinating to me, and the way that the way that that intersects and and how you're able to synthesize and bring the two together is is, is very very different from anything that I, that I've seen <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot of fun with it, <laughs> a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. What are the what are the areas of your work that you distinctly feel the most success in? And I know that that's a really difficult question mm -hmm. to answer because I, I think about it myself and I'm like, well, there's success, success, you know, success, but there are certain things that fill a certain way, right? There's certain success that fills a certain way. Um, and I'm curious what those areas are for you right now, because it does change. Mm -hmm. right, like, are you, are you asking about like areas of life treatments or? or, you know, certain treatments or results, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. what feels best for you right now with where you're at? Yeah. Um, you know, really, <laughs> that is a really hard question to answer because it's very much all of it. Like, and I'm definitely someone who likes variety so I really and I love talking with people so I really love like you know just the one-to-one -one guidance over zoom or sometimes in person um and I see it, it's I'm just never I, it never ceases to amaze me like how easily people can can find happiness and like groundedness in who they are and and have everything in their life change when they just like learn some key aspects about themselves and learn how to ask themselves the right questions and like really begin to trust themselves mm -hmm. um but also something that i'm really enjoying right now is weaving um this practice that i do um the it's called the dog trauma but it isn't particularly just for trauma, but it's really this soft touch practice that, that um, works with the different organs of systems, but it helps people strengthen their interception. So it's like, I'm verbally guiding them to track their sensations and also, you know, tracking what's happening in their body and, and speaking to certain things to bring their own awareness to it. And the results that I see from that are 
fucking mind blowing. <laughs> like after one treatment, people experience just miraculous shifts and it's not me, you know, it's very much just them tuning into the, who they are and what's happening within them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really that's incorporating that into my work has changed my work in, in all the different types of work that I do, because, um, we really have everything we need inside of us. You know, sometimes we just need a little help to access it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a different way of of, of viewing things, and it's in, it's really interesting being in the the spaces that we're in, right? Um, for just our our generation and what we do as as projectors and in guidance in our respective fields. Um, there's so much that we see in the spiritual community or you know how that intertwines with you know, with the healing community how how all of these things you know intertwine and there's fundamental differences in in the way that things are approached which is really there there, there really is yeah it's with my with my work with rave psychology yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's very important to never, to never present or, or give any sort of an idea that I'm going to heal anybody because it's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not, that's not what I'm doing. And, you know, some people could, you know, they might say, oh, well, that's healing. It is healing because I'm, I'm getting somebody to, to a place where their personality is at the correct frequency so their body can be at the correct frequency yeah. and their body will literally their form will change their face will literally change mm -hmm. with, with mm -hmm. that frequency being tuned but it's it's not something that i'm doing it's something that i'm that i'm guiding right yeah and you know the old way is the way of the guru of well i know this so <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and you know you're gonna get results and the whole time the client's actually the one that's doing things you know yeah absolutely I it's so funny I just made a like TikTok reel about this <laughs> yeah so it's it's amazing that we're talking about this right now but um yeah I've seen the same thing happen you know, from, from both ends, it's like you, you tune the personality, the body changes, you tune the body, the personality changes. And that's, I've seen it happen both ways. And it's really amazing to witness, but that is very much what I feel I am is a, a witness of it because it's really the person in front of me that's doing, doing all of it. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of pointing, pointing at things, <laughs> drawing yeah. things out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's it's such a it's such a different way of 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 being a practitioner. It's a very different way of, of being a practitioner. And yeah. you know, it's not like it's necessarily something that's new, but it's a different mentality, it's a different mindset, and it's very non-Western. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just non non-Western. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even me as a doctor is like I'm I don't claim to heal 
anyone. And something something that I teach also, which I've talked with you about, um, and I have a course coming out about it, the victim triangle. Uh-huh. And what I see, so there's, you know, the victim, the savior and the persecutor. And what I see so many coaches and quote unquote healers fall into is the savior. Con- they're just constantly like looking for people to save, but in doing that, they're creating codependency and doing things for other people that they can really be doing for themselves rather than empowering them and asking the right questions and drawing their own capability, you know, the person's capabilities out of them. Um, And that's something I'd really like to see change. (laughs) And I think it is changing, but. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think it, I think it is. I think there's definitely, there's definitely some people that are going to hold on to that model for, you know, for dear life as as the, as the, as the cycle. Well, it feels, it feels good for the, the ego, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good for the ego. It's, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a, for me as, as a, as a 10.5 in life force <laughs> with a second line personality and, and, and for you with a, a fifth line body, uh, the, the savior thing is, is it's not <laughs> run away, <laughs> run away. But yeah. there are people that that's that's damn near their business model is being the savior, being the mm-hmm. the person that, that that can save things and creating that codependency. And that I mean, it's, it's only sustainable for so long. But yeah, it's definitely a it's definitely an, an, an issue. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's funny for me to look at my work because I'm essentially always trying to put myself out of business. Yeah, same. <laughs> like <laughs> you know? my goal is for you to not feel like you need me ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm, I want to empower you. You go on your own way and you you live out your your uniqueness. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, you, mm-hmm. if you need to come back for more empowerment, I'm here. But <laughs> I'm, I'm more so trying to put myself out of business in in many ways. Uh, and it's it's a very different approach. Mm-hmm. It's a very different approach. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's important if we want to live in a world where people are operating correctly, operating as themselves, feeling empowered to do so, trusting themselves, living in nine centered communion with others. Like they, they need to be able to rely on their own foundation and be empowered to do that. And so any chance we get to, to assist that process is, you know, it's, it's a gift to me. I, I love it. Yeah. 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 Any really, yeah. Any, any chance and it doesn't have to be. It, it can be such a small thing in in, in interaction, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you have that generator in your life, and you 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 know you, you ask them the yes or no questions, and they don't even necessarily know that you're guiding them because yeah, that's that's the way that it works. You know, a lot of people don't. If you, without being a projector, it's very difficult to know how sacral guidance works because you don't have the aura right that, that goes into the generator and and don't have the the capacity to ask the generator a question because truly the projector has a capacity to ask generators questions that only projectors can do yeah if, if it wasn't that way then projectors wouldn't exist and 
something that I've found is is the the sacred beings that are in my life is, is just asking them the right questions to get them to the right places uh, because they know their sacral knows you know it's like mm-hmm. yeah sure I have my probability view I can project in the future I can see this I can see that but their sacral knows yeah you know, their sacral their emotional system knows and and you know I'm just facilitating or you know if somebody has emotional definition asking them you know okay well let's see what it is tomorrow right yeah exactly yeah i mean you know with kids i mean it's one of the the, the best gifts you can give an emotional kid is let's see what happens tomorrow let's see how you feel tomorrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we, we definitely have to approach things differently and as a for projectors as a type with taking on responsibility you know no matter what field we work in first off even to to get to a place in in the in the world that's coming we have to know design just we we have to and we have to implement it in our respective fields in our respective uh, areas of of mastery and expertise Uh in order to organize uh, humanity and in order to make things as beneficial for the sacred being as we can and so we really do have to we, we kind of you know it's like we all kind of have to <laughs> buy into what we're gonna have to do you know we 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 we, yeah. we can't really have one foot in and one foot out um <laughs> that we but we can make changes you know changes can happen if if all of us do because we all we all do different things you know we all have different specialties we all have different systems that we've mastered and we implement what we know of the knowledge of design in in guiding the other taking care of the other we can really can really mutate some things change some things in this world i think absolutely it's already happening it is already happening it's already already happening yeah the more especially the more projectors that operate correctly according to their design and definition like I really do see in my own life and also the projectors that I have in my life like the ripple effect it has just in like local communities and their online communities you know it, it really makes a difference like whether they're actually sharing design or not you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean we're here to here to keep things running here to organize and keep things running efficiently and keep you know, people together relationally yeah provide our definition right favorite things to talk about <laughs> what so which is one of my favorite favorite things to talk about is like the whole relationship sector (laughs) (laughs) which i guess is what we've been talking about pretty much this whole podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. and yes the relationship piece is definitely a piece that we can continue to expand on because there's a lot that's there. There's a lot that's there. 
infinite. <laughs> and it's it's needed. It's necessary. Yeah. But I think that we've covered what we need to cover for today. Agreed. Another time we cover more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Lilith. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise, your experiences, your personal view, and, and getting mm-hmm. to be personal as well. Uh, everything that, that you do for others in the world and the way that you're able to assist them in, in healing themselves, really. And it's mm. a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah. is so much fun. I always love talking with you. <laughs> you know it's mutual. <laughs> I hope that you all enjoyed that. Bye for now.